Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Oh, welcome to another week of From the Terraces. Uh, very sad news about uh, Terry Venable's thoughts with uh, his family. Lots of football to talk about, unfortunately. Uh, not much of it very good, to be honest. Uh, United, after their 5-0 drubbing in the derby against Peterborough, two weeks off uh, Northampton. And uh, let's be honest about it, they absolutely uh, gave, uh, the, uh, gave that one away. Uh, I'll, we'll be talking to Matt shortly on that one, um, but uh, plenty to talk about. They've got a busy week this week, Lincoln on Tuesday before the uh, Fleetwood FA Cup tie. Obviously want to win that one, get into the third round and hopefully get another big draw. City on the back of uh, three consecutive losses added another one to it when they played Hinkley uh, yesterday. Um, uh, we spoke to uh, Neil Midgley, leaves them 18th in the league and in uh, somewhat of a slump at the moment. City ladies, on, uh, on the other hand, uh, they came back after three weeks away from football with a 5-1 win against Hay- Hayward Heath. They've got a friendly today. United, by the way, they're playing QPR at St Neats and if you want to go down there, you'll get in for nothing. Whether you're a season ticket holder or not, just turn up and get in on the door. Histon lost to uh, Bugbrook St Michael's, two defeats in a row. They've got Cook now this uh, next coming up. Um, uh, we'll be speaking to Chris Nunn, as we usually do. And you can talk to us all the usual ways. You can text us on 07919 070490. That's 07919 070490. Appears on the screen in front of me. Anything you like about football, studio at cambridge105.co.uk is also for you. Uh, We'll start, though, as we usually do, with uh, Cambridge United. Dear. So we thought uh, it was bad at Peterborough. Yes, they were a good side, but nobody likes to get beaten 5-0. We go to Northampton and uh, we absolutely gift the game to them. This is very briefly what Mark Bonner had to say after that. Yeah, hopeless. Can't, can't lose a game like that. We have to give them a game. Can't really say more than that, can you? So we'll start talking about us now. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it... Uh, look, you put it into perspective, when you look at the league table, we are currently 18th in the league. Uh, when you look at the form table, um, sorry, that's that's the form table. If you look at the form table, we're, we're uh, 18th in the league. But if you look at the actual league table, we're 16th. So we're doing better than the form says. And that's because, obviously, uh, we're on a losing streak now, but we'd had some good results before. And it is looking fairly awful. Loss, draw, one, draw, loss, loss. Um, it's not great, um, but uh, you know that that's the way it is at the moment. We have to make the best of it. Um, let me just try and get hold of Matt. Bear with me a second. Well, as usual, I dial at the same time as talking and realise that I can't do both of those things together. Um, yeah, it, it, it's again the manner of the defeat. Uh, we literally, I mean, if you haven't seen the, I think we've got Matt there. Are you there, Matt? Hey Tim, how you doing? <laughs> it's difficult. To, it's difficult to feel positive. Let's put it that way. I think at the moment. Uh, 
I was just just saying. I mean, it it was. I mean, I, I don't quite know what to make of that game. I, I said it was almost it was almost uh, a, a, a portent of things to come. I said that said the game at half time was going to swing on a mistake or uh, a piece of genius. Um, and okay, so the, the Hoskins goal wasn't a genius, but it was a good goal. But the mistake. Uh, Ryan Bennett and uh, and the keeper just forgetting his name now Jackson no no what's his name Jack Stevens Jack Stevens I, can't, I keep thinking Steve Jackson Jack Stevens uh, what were they doing uh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you don't because nobody it was just one of those things you know you, you might you might make that slight hesitation when you think oh, I'll let it through to the goalkeeper is it going to make it when it was obvious because everyone else in the stadium knew it wasn't going to make it to the area which normally wouldn't be a problem because the keeper would come out and kick the ball but for some reason he decided to kneel down and wait for the ball to come in and then between the two of them it was like watching you know deer in headlights neither of them did anything and just absolutely gifted a goal. And you, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You can be playing good sides, you can be playing poor sides. If you give goals away like that, you deserve to lose a game. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the, prob- the problem is, Tim, is in general from yesterday's game, um, you know, I, I, I think really and truly we, we probably did deserve to lose because I, I just think attacking-wise, first half, it, it was a really dull game um you know we we had really nothing going forward again uh just hitting aimless balls into general directions of of the jiri okanabiro who actually you know i don't think had a bad game up front on his own um you know he worked really really hard up front on his own and um but the the rest of them um useless um, for most of the times um, you know, as I say, first half, I think they had the better chances. Uh, the, the, the young striker that did score uh, from that mistake uh, probably should have scored in the first half of a free header. And um, I think we had one shot from Jack Lancaster, and that was it. That was the sum total of our attacking intent in the first half. And then, as you say, the second half, you come out and, you know, you're still in the game at nil nil. Um, you're trying to sort of, you know, push it a little bit more forward, going towards your own fans as well. You know, showing a little bit more intensity than what there was in the first half because there was barely any in the first half. Let's be honest. And um, yeah, two two you know real professionals. One you know a more experienced professional than the other decide to make a, a mistake like they have, where um, you know Ryan Bennett should either boot the ball out of the way into the stands and then have a go at each other for both being absolute utter idiots for not dealing with the situation. Or Jack Stevens needs to be talking to him and telling him what to do to deal with that situation and, and then, you know, sort themselves out from there. And neither of them did absolutely anything whatsoever. Um, didn't even try and shield the, build, the ball back into the box. You know, the, the striker gets through. It's far too easy. Um, you know, they've got to do a lot, lot better. And uh, as you say, you don't need to give teams a goal you know, to start off like that. And we give them an absolute, the softest goal that you could concede in your whole entire life. And, they are, you know, and then what did we do again? Showed absolute lack of spirit for, for the second goal. We've, we folded like a pack of cards. It was a good finish, as you say, Tim. You know, it was a, a real good finish from the striker. But, you know, just look how easy it was to get down our right-hand side. 
for them for them to get the crosser, you know, in and you know, he's got all that space in the world, no no runners from the midfield, nobody really pushing back to try and defend the situation. And um, you know, it's two 0 and you know, was it a case of them kind of you know, dropping off a little bit and the, the tempo for them dropping, uh, you know, that allowed us to get a, you know, as to be said, it was it was a good goal, you know, what we've been crying out for, to strike a following in from, a, you know, a mistake from the goalkeeper and, you know, fair play to Elias Kachunga, who, you know, hit him along with Kai Kai and St George Thomas. And I had made, you know, they did make a little bit of a, you know, a change when they did come on, the, the tempo did up a little bit for us, but was it that because of, Northampton dropping off a bit, I'm not so sure. And then, um, yeah, I just, uh, I think, you know, we've got that controversial moment right towards the end as well, haven't we, to, to discuss about where there's an absolute lack of professionalism again from, from Paul Higby, so, the man that should be, you know, yeah. again, the most professional man on the pitch. So the weird thing, the weird, the weird thing about that is we, we, were, <laughs> we were genuinely puzzled. So obviously the, the foul... Yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen less lesser fouls get uh, yellow carded. I've seen worse fouls get away without a yellow card. But it was a yellow card, I think. I think there's there's no argument there. And then everyone kind of wandered over to the to, to the side and grabbed some drinks. And all of a sudden, the referee is showing a card. And first of all, it was like, who's he showing it to? And then you think. You know, he showed it to Digby. So hang on, Digby was just over the side having a drink. What, what was going on? Did he did 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 he did he suddenly decide it was uh, you know actually he was going to rescind the yellow and give a straight uh, straight red or or what? And, that, and people said, oh, it's because he kicked the ball away. And we're thinking, well, even if he did, everyone was over at the side, so it's not like he's wasting time. And then then it, then it turns out it's descent and. Yeah, what are you thinking about? You've just got a yellow card, and then you decide to take the referee on. I mean. It, you know, if it had been Liam Bennett, young and hot-headed, then that would be one thing. But as you say, I mean, when you're in that position and you're just starting to show signs of, you know, getting getting some movement together on the ball, you go and blow it. It's like, you know, it's like the Beckham, the Beckham kicking incident. It's just, mm. uh, there's no way that should happen. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's brainless. It's brain dead. It's stupidity of the of the highest level. We'd we'd already done it once for their first goal, and then you know we we just summed up the the whole day um, with with that red card. Um, you know, as I say, you you might have seen it a little bit better than what I did. I mean, I didn't even realise he'd been sent off until he'd walked down the tunnel. Um, you know, in fairness, I don't think we really missed him because he'd barely done anything on the pitch anyway. But yeah, as you say, the the first foul is a yellow card. Uh, you know, it's a nailed on yellow, yeah, and it's the type of you know professional foul that we've lacked in recent weeks. You know, you know, and that what we've been crying out for, and you know, he finally does it. And that, like we've said before, you, you take the yellow card, you go back, you regroup, and you get ready to defend the free kick. And you know, as you say, try and build up a bit more momentum in a period of the game when you know we actually had a little bit of momentum and actually looked like uh, you know a little bit of a, an attacking force. And then, yeah, as I say, to, to, to do what it did is just brainless, brain dead stupidity. And um, he's he's not there for Tuesday. I hope I ain't going to see him until after Christmas, as far as I'm concerned. For that, I think he's been really poor recently. And that just sums it up. And somebody, as, as Mark says, and he was very blunt in his interview, it's a chance for somebody else to step up now and it's through through his own fault, isn't it? And, um, you know, why are you having to go to the referee? You know, what for? 
because at the end of the day, they've even known that the, the new rules are in that if you if you mouth off at the the fourth official, the linesman, or the referee, you're going to get booked for it. You know, it's been there from the start of the season, and he's got no complaints. So, you know, the the whole lot of them, um, you know, it, it summed, summed up the whole day. And um, it's it's just really, really poor at the moment, Tim. And it's, it's not good enough, again. And we're starting to get into that territory now. And uh, exactly the same as last season. Has, you know, has Mark got an answer to it? Because at this precise point in time, in the run of form we are, we don't look like winning a game of football until probably next season if we're lucky because this is just absolutely it's unacceptable the way we're playing at the moment and things have got to change and they've got to change very, very quickly. So, <laughs> without putting words into your mouth there, it was, was that almost a bother out? It's, uh, I mean, I've, I've been firmly thinking that Mark has probably taken the, the team as far as he can um, and I think a, tra- a change does need to be made. Uh, we won't do it, you know, I'll, I will say that now, we won't do it, but we just seem to have run out of ideas and we just seem to be repeating the same mistake that we did last season. And, and the worst part of it all about it is we keep getting told that this is a better squad with better depth than last season. Yeah. And they're putting in the same results and the same performances as the last lot did last year. Now, I... I I won't disagree that, you know, there are some good players that say, you know, that the four that came on, you know, looked a better standard than the, what we had to start off with and they made a difference. But the problem is those four players with the other, you know, seven players on the, on the pitch have got to make a difference this Tuesday, starting with Lincoln at home, which is now, you know, starting to become a, you know, all the home games are starting to become must-win games because it's the only place where we look like we might get any type of points because we can't do anything away from home at the moment you have to go and watch half of them as well so i feel sorry for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes it does feel like a cross i have to bear it's it's really interesting i I mean we we all know uh you know the club placed its uh support to to mark uh obviously in extending his contract it's unlikely that they're going to do certainly they're going to do anything soon uh but but there is a problem here because uh, and uh, we're going to just talk about the new facilities that are that are you know that are here and now and that are coming up and they're they're funded on the back of generous help from uh, obviously the owner being the main thing but also in terms of the fact that we've raised our crowd you know from an average of below you know around about the 3,000 mark to nearly 6,000 well to, to, to more than 6,000 I think now um, and with a number of uh, young people that are coming to see in whole season tickets if if we don't continue to get the results, then those 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 gains will start to evaporate. So there there is a limited window of you know where where we can be at the end of this season. I mean you know okay if we end up fighting another relegation battle, uh, but win that's great. Uh, it, it, well it's okay if we end up you know finishing 15th, 16th, that's not too bad. If we end up mid table, which to be fair we're only three six points away from you know from mid table. It's very early in the season still, but if we end up going down. Then you know what do we do then? Is that is that you know someone someone commented that uh, or then people will be saying oh you know but Bonner's got the experience of getting people out of League Two he's the perfect man for the job, <laughs> which has a strange like kind of logic to it. But the, the the club has to be careful that 
the 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 gains we've made in terms of financial stability and the facilities that we're gaining as a result of that you know they could all be lost if we don't pull our finger out and start performing yeah and uh, you know I, I think you're right and I, I think the issue is is you know that first season when we, when we came up League Two and people say oh Mark's got you know the play you know he's got this club out of League Two and he's got the experience of it but look at the look at the players he had look at the squad he had in in League Two you know at the time and you know if if we'd have kept that team together um, we, and added one or two you know somebody like Lloyd Jones um, you know for instance you know instead of you know just bringing him in and and all that if we'd have had those you know, the Paul Mullins, the Wesleys, like we did have, the Joe Ironsides, the Haram Boatangs, you know, people like that, who all offered something, or even a Luke Hannon in the squad role, which he, he didn't want, and that's fine. He wanted to go and play first-team football, but he played, a, you know, a lot of football in, in League Two for us. Um, you know, that that team was would have been a really, really good side to go into that first season. Obviously, we lost quite a few and we haven't replaced some of them. We haven't got that kind of creativity of Wes. We haven't got the goals, as we know, of of, of Paul Mullen. We certainly, unfortunately, we, we had a few goals from, from Joe Ironsides in, in, in the first season and then lost it all the way. But, you know, the, the past two seasons have been really poor results. And, or, you know, season and a half, I should say, recently, have been really poor results, really poor football. And last year, it took a, you know, you know, in fairness, Mark kept us up because we got results that we needed, first and foremost, um, you know, towards the end of the season. But we had an absolute, you know, horrible run where we didn't win for, you know, absolutely ages. I think the first win came, what, end of Feb, early March at, at best, after losing, you know, almost every single game in November, December, or January. So... And, um, you know, we, we had a striker who found some form and started scoring goals. You know, Sam Smith did that. And then, you know, we, we still have to thank the Burton goalkeeper for his last day for runs for keeping MK Dons out as well. So it's, it's all those things. And like you say, if you, if you survive another relegation battle, then OK, fine, fair enough. You know, it, the remit is, is done. The box is ticked. We've stayed in this league again. But how, how many times can you keep doing that? How many times can you keep trying to fight to survive battle, you know, the relegation battle before you slip under? Accrington, you know, did it for many years and they've gone down into, into League Two. I mean, OK, they're doing all right, you know, for now. Um, but, you know, they, they could be mid-table by the end of next season. And, you know, does, does the remit change? If we slide into League Two, is it automatic promotion straight away? Is the budget suddenly going from, you know, uh, you know a lower of League One and then does it go into the upper echelons of League Two? And then is the pressure on there that if Mark's not getting the results in League Two and we're... 15th come January, do, do we have to make a decision there as well? So, But, you know, we want to be 15th, we want to be 16th. The squad certainly is probably good enough to do that, but they're not performing at the moment. And, yeah. and the question has to be asked, why are they not performing? What's gone wrong, you know, so so quickly? Because let's not forget, August was a really good month and yeah. summer September was really good. So, as it, as it was know, in the season before as well. So yeah, that's, exactly. that's the problem. So it's, there's, a, there's a parallel there, you know, when something's going wrong somewhere. Yeah. And we, we need to get to the bottom of it quickly because as you say, Tim, 
the financial stuff, you know, the, the, it doesn't come cheap and it's, it's going to get a lot more expensive in the next few years, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a busy week this week and I think, as you say, I mean, the Lincoln game... It is, you know, it, it's crisis is probably too big a thing to say, but it, it's such an important game, the Lincoln game. And then we come on to the FA Cup, and you wonder is this a is this a distraction in in players' minds? They're, they're looking forward to you know the third round tie they're going to get against a, a big club, rather than worrying about Northampton and Lincoln and 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 the uh, second round tie against Fleetwood, which is eminently losable for us. Um, you know, but Lincoln, let's let's set our sights firmly on the lights on Tuesday. Lincoln is a game that we, as you say, we have to win it really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's a game that we we've got to win. I think they're you know pretty similar in position. They, they might even be a bit higher than us now. I haven't looked at the league table properly, but um, you know, it, it's a game that we've got to do, and the, and the pressure's on us. You know, our, our Lincoln going to do what a lot of teams do when we're at home. And, uh, you know, give us a lot of the ball and, um, you know, just say, come on, then come and break us down and then get us on the counter attack. Or are they just going to come at us all guns blazing, score a goal early and go, well, we've, we've, we've won the game now, you know, because they're, they're not good enough to get back into this. It yeah. has been proved so far this year. So, um, yeah, but we, we need to go... We need to start fast. That's what we need to do. That's what <laughs> we need. <laughs> says, says the team that can't score in the first half. And it, 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 yeah. it says, I mean, it, they're ninth in the league at the moment. They've, they've, they, had a, they had a really good start. Um, but if you look at current form, they're only literally, uh, what, one more point more than us in the last six games. So they're kind of down at our level at the moment. Um, their last win uh, was uh, against Leighton Orient. Other than that, they've lost to Stevenage. They've lost to Oxford United. United, then our draws against Exeter, Port Vale, and then Barnsley at the weekend, which is which is quite a good result. Um, so you know, it, it is. I mean, I think you know, if if people were disappointed after Peterborough, which they were, if they added to the disappointment after Northampton, in which they did, then uh, the reception the team get at the end of the game on Tuesday could be uh, a, a very difficult one for them. Um, Matt, thanks very much uh, for joining us. We're going to talk about uh, new facilities. I've got a beast that I need to play from, Mark. So we shall uh, no doubt talk to you again soon. Cheers. Yeah, take care, mate. Bye. So there we go. Thanks very much to uh, Matt. Um, so, yeah, I went down for the pre-match uh, press conference was at the uh, new training facility. Well, the old training facilities, i.e. Clare College, but in the new building, um, which, which someone described as porter cabins, but it's not. I mean, it, it, they may be temporary buildings, but they are stunning. Uh, they are huge and they have got uh, you know the best of everything really nice huge gym at one end physio rooms for both the uh, uh, youth team and uh, the first team um, a, a theatre style analysis room where they can watch back games offices for uh, those people that need them rather than you know uh, the freezing cold uh, facilities they had before in, in real porter cabins and uh, all in all I mean okay at the moment it still looks a bit of a mess outside because they're still doing some drainage work and uh, some mains water work but looks like a stunning facility and we spoke to Alex Tunbridge of course last week um, who you know we, we talked about financial stability and how important that is we talked about the, the facilities that are coming up um, and uh, how enthusiastic everyone was I asked at the end of the press conference 
you know is this 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 financial stability that we've got this investment in the club in the back office and and in fixtures and fittings is you know it, it may frustrate some fans but it, but it is an important part of what we're doing in in the long term future of the club this is what mark had to say I think so and I think the owners think so most importantly and the board of directors and um, senior staff I think that everyone's quite excited to work at the club at the moment and sees a project the difficulty is in a game and an industry where you pretty much get judged whether it's a success or, or a failure every three days it's really hard to not get wrapped into that and it's also really like my position has always been in development and, and academy football and a bigger picture and, and I'm sort of doing the job with the long term in mind because I want to leave the club whenever my time finishes with a bit of a legacy and I'd have played a part in that that's the that's the aim um, but you can't get away from the short termism in my bit either so we do get judged on whether we win or lose and the performance level and that's right because you have to win games but um, there is this big picture of there is a football club here that's, that's in a position I've never known it never never known it and um, there's people that have been around longer than me with it but I, I can just uh, it's an unbelievable period. To, like this place that we're sat in now is a it's a joke, really. It's unbelievable that we've got it, and the, the opportunity that it will give us is huge. And then you hear what's going to happen with the stadium, and then you see the stability of the owners and the um, the calibre of the board and the quality of staff within the club. And it's really easy to point at the stuff that isn't quite going right, or when something isn't quite good, or to point the finger of blame at something or someone because it can't be perfect all the time because it's Cambridge United. But at the same time. We have come some distance in the last few years. Um, you think about how we've come out of that pandemic and the growth of the club since. It's remarkable, really, and down to a lot of people. Um, and then you also know, well, what's the ceiling? In the long term, the ceiling's quite high. We can go a long way. But at the minute, with the resources that we've got and where we've been for the last couple of decades, how much better can we do right now? It's, it's quite difficult to do miles better than we're doing, and we have done. So we're trying to have that balanced view of things knowing that every Saturday at five o'clock there's a huge dose of emotion and I'm talking in, in the team and in the club because you judge your week and your quality of your work by a result of a game and then you have to have a little sleep on it and wake up the next day and realise actually it ain't too bad and uh, crack on and do it all again. So it's a great challenge to find that balance between short-termism and making this place a place that grows and when you look at a club at the moment that's you know, competing around the middle of the league in League One, um, from where we were in recent years, with record crowds that I've never known regularly, with more with a third of season ticket holders under the age of eighteen, I see something that ain't in, in, in the bad, the worst position. Yeah, I, I mean, it's difficult. It was perhaps a little unfair to play that just after we talked about uh, Tuesday. But as he said, it, it is a game of uh, long term and short term. And short term, it's not looking good for for you know for United at the moment. Although 18th in the league is it's not a bad position to be in. Uh, if we were six points further up, I don't think people would be complaining. But we're not. So Tuesday becomes important. Let's hope that uh, we can. Get a result against Lincoln. Um, just talk quickly about uh, the women's football. As as we said at the start of the show, it's uh, half an hour to kick off. Uh, well, actually, I hope it's half an hour to kick off. I wonder if I wonder if this is another one of those ones that move forward because it's the winter. Um, let me just try and click onto this as we go through. Um, it's the QPR game and. Uh, 
no, it says it's, it says it is a two o'clock kickoff here, so hopefully it is. Uh, they do have lights, obviously at St. Neots, I'm sure it is. Uh, but so uh, yeah, free if you can get there in the next. Well, free if you can get there uh, in the next half hour to kick off. I'm going to go down for the uh, second half as I usually do. Um, we spoke, or Billy spoke to uh, Darren um, yesterday uh, at, uh, about uh, what what's going on there currently. This is what he had to say. So we mentioned it last week, but this week it will be free entry to the QPR game. Just like I said. What would I you said. say to any Cambridge United fans or any parents who maybe haven't got plans on Sunday? Really simple. Come down, you know, it's a chance to watch some football for free, which is pretty rare these days, isn't it? You know, everything costs money. So yeah. there's an opportunity to come down, bring the family, come watch a game of football. And it should be a really good game. You know, ourselves and QPR are quite evenly matched. Um, so I expect it to be quite a tough and tight game. But um, yeah, really good opportunity to come down and, and see some football and support the use. And looking ahead to the actual game, what are you expecting from QPR? Yeah, they're a tough side. We, you know, we've met obviously the last the last few years, and uh, the, the games are tough. They're they're really well organised. Grace Stanley up front scores a lot of goals. You know, I think she's got something like nine or ten already. You know, and 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 they're defensively quite organised. So they'll be really tough to break down. It'll be a different uh, opponent to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks with the likes of MK Dons, but um, yeah, they'll offer a really, a really good threat. So expected to be a tight game. I'm not uh, not expecting either side to potentially run away with it, but uh, yeah, it could be a, where we, you know, the game gets decided on either a moment of quality or a mistake. So hopefully, we'll keep the mistakes to a minimum and uh, and the moments of quality to a maximum. And do you feel confident that you can come away with the three points? Yeah, as confident as you can be. I mean, we've prepared well. We we know what we've got to do. We know a bit about QPR, so we know we know kind of how we need to set up. But you know, we've got some injuries. I won't lie. We've we've got a few people out, so that's not ideal. But you know, QPR, I'm sure we'll have a couple of people that that they can't call on. So yeah, I'm as confident as I can be. I think we've prepared well. I don't think that there's anything we've not done that we could have done, if that makes sense. So it's now to, all down to on the day. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Can you give us any information uh, about the injuries? You know, will that significantly affect your starting eleven? Yeah, one one in particular. We unfortunately, Fran Steele, who's who's been excellent for us this season, picked up an Achilles injury in training on Tuesday. So we're just waiting for full assessment. She had an, an initial scan, and the Achilles is is disrupted definitely. So we've just got to find out how bad that is and and how long that'll keep her out for. But that's certainly not going to be not going to be short term. Uh, we've got some of the longer term injuries as well. So Harley Jean Simpson still out. Sophie Marjoram out, Bronwyn out, Rachel Kosky's unavailable to us this week. And then we've got a couple that have been struggling with flu and stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> quite a, a few, few people not. Yeah, it's quite a long list. I counted last night, including the long-term injuries. I think it was 14. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a long list. But look, like I say, there's no excuses being made. It's, it's just a case of this is what happens at this stage of the season sometimes. And you know, we've got a good squad and looking forward to seeing the people who, who are out on the pitch doing their best. And have you trained well this week, you know, with the players that you do have available? <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if we'd have had a few more, that's for sure. But uh, no, our training's gone well, really pleased with it. Uh, we just had to adapt a little bit to the lack of numbers in certain situations. So where we'd normally like to prepare with a, like 11 v 11 type uh, practice at least once during the week, we've not really been able to do that. So we've had to... We've had to kind of do it slightly differently where we're just looking at certain areas of the pitch at one at a time. But yeah, we've been able to adapt that. That's been fine. And and people have trained really well. It's been been a good atmosphere around it. Obviously, we had no game last Sunday, so everybody's been really buzzing to uh, to get back to get back to to the being on the pitch. And yeah, I think certainly judging by by the final training session that we had on Thursday, I, I think we've prepared well. 
Uh, so yeah, it, it, hopefully there'll be a, a good crowd. It's a freezing day, unfortunately, but uh, um, uh, hopefully a, a good crowd down there to see what uh, should be a, a good game. Um, albeit the United are depleted uh, by uh, injury, but uh, good luck to them. I'll see them in the second half. We'll take a quick break and then we'll talk about uh, United uh, about City and Histon. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. So a difficult time for uh, City at the moment on uh, a bit of a slump in form that uh, just happens to coincide with uh, Taylor Parr being injured. Um, uh, we'll, we'll hear from uh, Neil Midgley in a minute who led the team uh, out uh, as, as management yesterday. Um, obviously a, a huge loss defensively, uh, a real uh, solid solid foundation to, to build off and uh, since he's gone, uh, shipped a lot of goals. Uh, not always poor performances, as you'll hear in the interview, uh, but obviously the end result in this uh, game that's judged on short terms is now uh, four consecutive uh, defeats and uh, uh, another difficult game coming up. I spoke to Neil Misley literally just before we came on air, and this is what he had to say about uh, the current run. So it, it, it's been a difficult few weeks, really, for uh, Cambridge City on the back of uh, now four successive losses. Uh, it, it's interesting, I was at the Town game, and Town I think, were fourth or fifth in the league uh, when the game started. And although there'd been some acknowledged poor performances against Sporting Calcer and Bolmir St. Michael's in particular, the performance against Lie Town wasn't really a bad performance. There were there were opportunities you had to uh, to 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 keep to keep up with them and, and potentially even to, to go ahead. And had you gone ahead, then it might have been a very different game. Yeah, you're exactly right, Tim. Um, there, there's very fine margins. Um, and at the moment, we find ourselves uh, the wrong side of it on, I think, the past four occasions. Really, um, we had a very good home result against uh, Shepshed uh, a few few weeks back now, and we thought that would be the catalyst for us to go on a good run. Um, we had a long midweek trip to Sporting Kelso where we felt we played really well against the sort of top top five six side, and. Losing Taylor Parr in that game was a big loss for us. We came out just the wrong end of that. Um, and from there, we've sort of struggled to really get back to that that winning sort of mentality, I think we'll call it, yeah, um, yeah. within the group. Uh, and it's interesting. I mean, you, you talked about the travel. I mean, it was a bad week that week. Two two games in the Midlands, followed by the Lytown home game, and now two games in Leicester over the next uh, two weeks. Obviously, uh, you go to Hinkley on Saturday, really looking to try and get out of this mini slump, I guess you'd call it. Um, but wasn't to be. Uh, you say two 0 was a fair reflection on the game. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think when. Looking at it, we're on a little bit of a bad run going to Hinkley. And uh, for me, Hinkley was uh, probably one of the, the least teams I'd want to play at that point. Um, they hold the top scorer in the league. Uh, they're number nine. He's got, I think, 14. He had 14 goals before the start of play yesterday. And uh, the left wing is very strong. And they're a very good side going forward and very well organised. Um, they were unbeaten. They're unbeaten at home. And we actually had, had an away victory. So the. Um, cards were dealt against us 
intensity. But having said that, we did we did put on a battling performance. The the, the second goal was the key to the game. That 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 was our own fault and our own making. We gave the ball away in our own half and and presented the, the top scorer in the league with a, a simple one on one chance that really put the game to bed. But we we did fair play to the boys. They 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 battled on hard. Um, we hit the bar and, and definitely should have um, had another goal on the um, on the score sheet. But yeah, in the end, we were we just come up short again. Um, and you, you mentioned obviously the injury to Taylor Parr earlier on this month, and 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 since then that's kind of marked the start of uh, uh, the, the poor run. Uh, obviously, Taylor Parr is a, is a, a huge player within the team. Is, is it a case of it, it is one of the major factors is missing him so much? Yeah, I think it's no no coincidence. You look at our defensive record up to when we've lost Taylor, and then um, we've started to ship a few goals and. That's not disrespect to the other lads who have been in there, um, but the, the problem we have at Cambridge City at this point is we 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 have two or three key players, and that's all we can probably afford at this level. And the rest of it we have to bolster up. We've had to house for favours from Cambridge United, Stevenage, the pro clubs to ask to take their youngsters on board. And yesterday we we fielded seventeen-year-old um, players who performed exceptionally well. Um, but when you're looking to to win games at step four and and and, and this and that, you, you sometimes have to suck up these results when you've lost these key players. And we're going through a prime example at the moment. And this is nothing new to us. This has happened over the last few seasons, um, and we we're fully aware of what's going on. And we we're working hard behind the scenes to see right can we shuffle the pack can we get another experienced body in can we will our budget dictate that we're working very hard with the football club yeah. to try and eke out you know what's right budget what what do we need what what's 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 really important here yeah, and, um, and obviously the ground is is the yeah. key thing for Cambridge City yeah, and, and Robbie mentioned uh, last week that uh, you got a number of seven-day approaches into players that he was going to hopefully have a look at at the start of this week. I uh, didn't see any announcements. Did did that any of those come to anything? Um, not last week. Um, hopefully next week. I know he's in talks with two two players. Um, I think he's missed the boat with one. Um, again, I think it was. Um, the fact that we couldn't uh, offer as much money as, as <laughs> another team. <laughs> um, so I'm certainly hopeful next week we'll get one or two in. Because um, when you're in these sort of situations, you need to it, it, you need to freshen things up. It's all about the um, confidence environment, and, and we need to create sparks. And especially a, a club like us, where yeah. we're running with sort of 15, 16 players all the time. Um, we, we 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 rely on them producing their goods, and when they don't, we we have to we have to we have to act. 
And I think it's worth pointing out that the teams you played, Sporting Kelsa, Hinkley, Lie Town, um, and, and you've got Anstey Nomads, they're, they're all in there in the kind of top eight. It's only really the performance, that the, the really poor performance that Robbie acknowledged against Bolmes St Michael's that has been against a club kind of in that area. So you're off, as I say, to Anstey Nomads next weekend. Um, obviously, again, it's certainly not going to be an easy fixture, but uh, it, it's kind of getting to that stage where you need to show, uh, you know, at the very least, least a good performance and try and grab one or all three points yeah you, you know these, this league we know we know it's relentless so every week you're coming up against you know tough sides from from areas of the country that, that that's, that's different from the Cambridge area um, and they've all got sort of big catchment areas we know that um, but our philosophy we, we go in to win every game we don't fear anyone in this league and I think we touched on earlier in terms of just the wrong side of the line sometimes. And, and in spells in games, we, we are very, very good um, and up with the best. It's just trying to put it all together for 90 minutes, cutting out the stakes. Yeah. Um, and and just just having that consistent performance. And with a, with a uh, when you, your team becomes, uh, shall we say, slightly younger, those, that consistency can go away. And this is where you rely on those older players to lead even more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll be we're we're very conscious of where we're we're at as a team mentally, and it, 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 it's a very fine line. Yeah, the the <laughs> famous Sean Derry fine lines, which is uh, uh, very true in football. It's not it's not a cliche; it's the reality of it. Uh, I, we talked last week with Steve about uh, refreshing the squad is probably something that's needed. Yeah, Taylor Parr is a huge loss, but the, the difficulty is it's diff- it's hard to go through a season when the loss of one player is going to make such a massive difference to the results that you're going to pull from it. Um, as I say, Lightown wasn't a bad game. Um, there was a lot of passion shown on and off the pitch afterwards um there's a there's a, obviously a feeling that there's a no, obviously there, there is a definite feeling that the squad are underperforming and, and you know they acknowledge that themselves you could see that in their eyes um and uh, you know it's it's down to to robbie and the team to to rally the troops and 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 start to look at uh, you know, getting some results, dragging a draw out of a game, even if they can't win. Um, but uh, it is what it is at the moment. Say so, uh, it's uh, Anstey uh, Nomads uh, next week for them. Um, so hopefully uh, a difficult game, but a result from that. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back. Oh, actually, no, we won't. We'll come back and talk about uh, the uh, women straight away. In fact, why not? Same club. Um, so uh, Cambridge City ladies, or sorry, Cambridge City women, as they're now known. Um, uh, again, <laughs> a difficult time of things at the moment. Um, they hadn't played for ages since the 10-2 loss against Peterborough. Um, we thought 5-0 was bad, but 10-2 um, in that in that cup game. Uh, they finally played a game last week against Haywards Heath, who were down there at the bottom with them. And not only a win, but a 5-1 win. Billy spoke to Paul Burling uh, this morning. This is what he had to say. So you were feeling pretty confident going into the weekend. Uh, just how delighted are you with the 5-1 win at Haywards Heath? Yeah, a- absolutely delighted for the girls. They've put in a lot of effort in the last few weeks and it's been a tough start to the season, but um, we've seen signs of improvement. And I think I mentioned last week, uh, they really trained with a buzz about them and uh, they took that into the game on Sunday and um, got their just reward. And you got five goals with four different scorers. Could you just talk us through some of the goals, maybe? 
I'll have to remember <laughs> now. Um, so we scored one from a free kick. The, the fifth was a free kick, slight deflection, but was going in anyway. And uh, that was Eva Hubbard's um, after a foul by the keeper on the edge of the box. We had a penalty, but probably could have had two or three. The ref was quite lenient, and I think he felt he had to give one in the end. Golly gosh, God, what can I remember? Um, I mean, just in general, you're, sorry. Just in general, your attacking play. Just how how happy were you with how you attacked, and do you want to carry yeah. that into the next go- ongoing games? Yeah, we were really good, really, really positive in the first twenty five minutes. Everything we did, we, we did on the front foot uh, rather than the back foot, which we'd been doing previously. And Libby Fraser was excellent in the first twenty minutes. Um, really got at them down the left. Jess Wood down the right. We attacked with pace and power. The front two were a threat continually. Jenny Moore gave us some stability in the middle of the park and some experience that we've lacked. Yeah, and and in goal, we had 16-year-old Megan in goal, who was um, exceptional. Her handling was brilliant. She did everything asked of her, made a great save in the second half. So all round, 1-16 to was was a fantastic performance. And I mean, just you mentioned there, your goalkeeper is 16 years old. How difficult is it for someone like that to step in and put in a performance? Well, she had a baptism of fire previously in the, in the cup game against Peterborough, where we had to literally call her up 20 minutes before the game. And so she, this time we gave her plenty of notice. We told her on the Tuesday she'd be in goal and she had a week to train with the first team and just get used to it. And as she came, she was assured she was really good with her hands, really good with her feet and, and looks a real good prospect going forward. And do you have any injury concerns coming through the game or is everyone okay? Everyone came out of the game okay. We had um, Paige Gardner's got heavy cold, but everybody came out of the game okay. And we've had light training this week. We've got friendly at the weekend against Cambridge University um, just to keep the girls ticking over before Christmas. Um, But yeah, all positive, really. Well, that was going to be my next question because you didn't have a game this weekend. So are you hoping that you can carry on that momentum with that friendly? And how important is that? Yeah, definitely. After after Sunday's result, momentum is key for us. We'd had a long-standing arrangement with Cambridge University first team to play them, so we managed to squeeze that in this weekend. Then we play London Seaward next week, and then we get three or four weeks off for Christmas. So it's it's really important going into the Seaward game that we keep the spring in our step, and uh, it also gives us a chance to have a look at a couple of players. We've got a couple of trialists coming in. So it's just just gives us a different option. And will you be looking to bring on those trialists if they have good performances? Yeah, if it, we, we need to add strength in depth. I believe they're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a bit of experience. It's what we need. So, um, yeah, if they show that they've got what's required, then we'll definitely be looked to signing them. So, I mean, it's been it's been difficult for Cambridge City. They're obviously without a uh, uh, a proper first team manager. Paul, who is chairman of the uh, of the setup there, um, has been standing in uh, with uh, with uh, other people to uh, fill that void. Um, they had interviewed. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing since I haven't heard anything, I'll catch up with him during the week. But uh, uh, they they obviously haven't appointed anyone. I don't think uh, to that role. Um, and uh, Paul did step down as. Uh, part of the board of Cambridge City recently uh, may have had something to do with the fact that he, he, he 
you know he sees that the women's uh, game is what he's involved in and, and needs to kind of support that which I know he was finding difficult so uh, perhaps that's the reason behind that but but it's a it's a great result for them not only to win but to to win convincingly having as I say I mean the keeper came off the back of that 10-2 uh, loss um, and uh, I guess if you turn up to a game literally or you only find out you're playing half an hour before and then have to rush down there and get there late then probably not a lot you can do about it at 16 but to, to show that uh, kind of um, determination to come back from that uh, and have such a good game um, and uh, you know only conceding one goal must be a huge thing and, and, and having players from different parts of the pitch scoring those goals as well even if uh, Paul c- couldn't remember what they were it's funny because it, I, I always say someone asks me about goals and I can never remember them once they've happened but uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that so that leaves them 11th in the league just above Hayward Heath Hayward Heath won three uh, and then they're a point behind both Sudbury and Chesham on six two are relegated one goes up two go down um, and uh, they've got work to do yet but if they can continue to do uh, what they're doing at the moment then uh, things look good for them uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come and talk about Histon across the city and South Cambridgeshire on FM digital and your mobile Cambridge 105 radio so Chris Nunn, uh, fifth, sixth game in charge, I think now, uh, on the back of, uh, 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 forget the first one, uh, but a draw and four, three wins, uh, and then a loss against Racing Club Warwick. Uh, again, put that into perspective and look where they are in the league. Top, they're, they're at the very top end of the league table. Um, it's coming up right now as I speak. Uh, they are currently second. Uh, they travelled, um, sorry, did they travel or did they host? They Yeah, they travelled to uh, Bugbrooks. St. Michael, who are uh, mid-table, 10th position. Um, Histon currently, uh, I think they were uh, 15th, 16th or 17th when the game started. Unfortunately, a 3-0 loss there. Billy spoke to uh, Chris Nunn this morning. This is what he had to say. So, Chris, an eventful game uh, for you on Saturday. Unfortunately, ended in a 3-0 defeat. Um, What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it it was a a strange one. We, We could and probably should have been at least two up maybe in the first 15 minutes um, causing lots of problems on set plays uh, the keeper I thought we put him under a lot of pressure but the, the, the half then sort of fizzled out we went in nil nil I was quite happy with that you know because I know it's such a tough place to go and um, their home form has is, is been outstanding this year and everyone had been telling me you know the, the, the pitch don't get me wrong it's not a criticism that the pitch is not the greatest Um and they've got a way of playing and, you know, they're in your faces and, and yeah, their, their game plan was, we, we, it was what we expected, uh, but we, we couldn't uh, manage it second half at all. We started the second half off really, really well and then they got a penalty. No, no qualms about that at all. They scored the penalty and if anything, that gave them more. Um, and I think we just lost our way a little bit. I, I think, this, you know, since I've been in, the lads have been outstanding. They really have. They've been really good and they've taken everything on board. And I thought yesterday... Um, we just we just come up against a team that just on their day were better than us, and sometimes you have to put your hands up uh, and acknowledge that, and, and that's what we'll do. I mean, as you mentioned, all the opposition goals mm. came in the second half. Do you put that down to anything in particular? Do you think that's more on them, or do you put some of that responsibility down for yourselves? <laughs> well, well, when you're losing, you do go a little bit more offensive, and it leaves gaps, you know, and and. You know, we got, we, we like I said, we started the second half off actually quite well. 
Um, they got the penalty. Once they got the penalty, um, there was in a really soft goal for the second. Um, and, and, you know, we went for it. You know, we we're very attack-minded with our substitutions. And then we got a player sent off. And then one in the sin bin. And, we had, you know, we were down to nine men. And 2-0 uh, with nine men. I'm thinking, we, we're going to struggle to get back in here. And you don't want it to be a disaster, you know. And that they got a third goal. And it's just one of them things, you know. You know, you know when, when I come in, you know, the second from bottom for a reason. You know, when I come in and, like I said, we brought some lads in that have made us stronger. But we, we're a long way from where I want us to be at the moment. But I'd still want to give credit to the lads. Yesterday was the first time since I've been there in what, five or six games that I felt we were just found wanting a little bit. We had a couple of lads missing and, and I don't think we're in that luxury position to be able to have any players missing and still be at our best. And yeah, as you said, you ended the game with uh, nine men, uh, which was a red card. And I was also quite surprised to see that it was a sin bin. Um, how did you see uh, those incidents? I mean, look, the, the, the sending off, it, 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 it's, it's not a red card, but you give the referee a decision to make. Um, I've seen it back this morning and, and you know, I think there's very little doubt that we'll appeal with that. That'll be overturned. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But... You know, he's obviously the referee's seen something that I can't quite see, um, and, and you know, we, we, you know, yesterday obviously hurt us, but you know, he, he shouldn't be getting banned for for what was just it was just a push in the back. It was nothing. So um, I'll, I'll be shocked if it's not overturned. The sin bin um, was just frustrating. You know, I think everyone in the ground thought the lad was offside, and and when you're losing and you've had a sending off which was harsh, it's hard to maintain your discipline, which is disappointing because. You know, it's something we've got, we've got to have. Discipline's crucial. And discipline comes in such a number of different ways, you know, from your timekeeping to being there on time to, you know, to making sure you attend training, to making sure that, you know, you, you keep your shape, marking your man from a corner. You know, there's so many disciplines just knowing when you're, you know, when you're beat, you're down to 10 men, um, you're 2-0 down, you, you make it a disaster by going down to nine. And that's sometimes you've got to sort of almost sort of, get into a little bubble and say, right, let's just get through this 10 minutes, take on medicine and then get into the bar, have a drink and go home, you know, and, and we just fell short of that a little bit yesterday. Um, just very quickly, what, what specifically was the sin bin given for? What decision? Uh, yeah, he, he, he was, the, the, Jake was a bit disappointed. The linesman didn't put his flag up and, right. and he told him in a way that put him right. in the sin bin, basically. Yeah, fair enough. So it, it's, it, it's, it's one of them things where what he said was wrong. Right, um, and, and it's just frustration. But you know, when you're frustrated, you, you've got to try and find a way of fighting against it. That's what the top teams do. Um, and what you don't want to happen is, you know, let's be honest, it, it could have been a red card, and then suddenly you could miss three games. You know, so things that we've got to look at and we've got to address as a team, and it comes from maybe the person next to him. You know, uh, just saying whoever it is, you know, person next to his teammate, just saying, boys, uh, you know, maintain our discipline, get through the game. You know, don't make it a disaster. Let's get home and and, and be ready for next week. And did everyone come through the uh, game okay, or do you have any injury concerns? Um, there was a couple. Harvey came off injured, um, so I'm not sure about him. But overall, I, I just think there was just... Um, I think everyone was just hurting with the performance that we put in yesterday. I think it, everyone looked really down and disappointed. And, uh, and and as daft as it is, sometimes that's not a bad thing to see because it shows they care. Mm -hmm. So the best way of uh, responding to that is train hard on Tuesday. We've got three home games on the spin now, you know, and I think it's important we pick up some points in that. We've got March, which is a really big game for us to keep our season going, you know, in the Cam's Invitation Cup. So we want to try and be successful in that. So we've got a big 
a big sort of two weeks coming up, you know, with training and, and three home games. So, uh, you know, we'll be prepared and, and we've got to bounce back. Yeah, and you've been on a good run of form. So with those home games coming up, are you confident that you can pick up some points in that run? Yeah, you know, I think you've got to be at home, haven't you? You know, every team, if you go to the highest league, the Premiership, Luton are going to be banking on getting home points to keep them in the Prem, you know? Uh, Arsenal, um, my favourite second team, obviously apart from Histon, uh, you know, they'll be looking to win at home to try and win the league. You know, it's... Um, Man United might be looking to win at home to stay up. Who knows? But, you know, the, the, the key thing is that with ourselves, we've got a, a big week ahead and we want to be ready for that. Yesterday, we had, I would say it wasn't even like a bad game as such. It was a bad half. You know, the first half, I thought we did well in the conditions. And like I said, if any team deserved to be in front of foul, it was us due to the chances we had in the first 15 minutes. But, uh, yeah, we, we've got a we've got to learn and and you know i've been saying all along this year is about trying to get us in the right frame of mind and the right place personnel wise to have a real good go at it next year so you know these are just learning bits for us at the moment Two, two things, two things that come from that interview. I love the way he describes the uh, sin bidding. He told the referee in a way that got him into trouble. <laughs> you can just imagine what was said there. The other thing is, if if Arsenal are Chris's favourite second team, uh, uh, apart from Histon, does that mean that Histon aren't his first favourite team? I don't know. I have to think about that one. But uh, anyway, Chris Nunn uh, and uh, hopefully uh, a, a change in form uh, back to the winning ways they were in just a, a short time ago. Uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much uh, for joining us. Um, thanks uh, immensely to uh, Billy, who got uh, quite a lot of the uh, recorded uh, material for today's show. Uh, thanks to all the managers who took part in that. Um, I'm off now to the second half of the uh, women's game against QPR. Um, hopefully there'll be a good crowd down there when I get there. Stay on board on Cambridge 105 Radio um, for Strummers and Dreamers with Les Ray next. Uh, other than that, we shall uh, thank you and uh, talk to you again next Cambridge week. Cambridge 105 Radio Cambridge Water are asking us all to can for the cam. Ditch the hose and switch to a watering can. And while we're doing our bit... Cambridge Water will be doing theirs, finding and fixing leaks. In need of legal advice you can trust, Woodfine Solicitors offers a range of expert and award-winning legal services, whatever your problem. Perhaps you've been a victim of crime, or maybe you or a loved one have been involved in the criminal justice system. Woodfines can help ensure that you get the right representation. Our defence team are available 24-7, and we're upfront and transparent about our costs. Find out more at woodfines.co.uk and arrange a no-obligation chat. Woodfines. Cutting through the red tape. This is Cambridge 105 Radio. Last year we gathered on a King's Parade for the first time. It was not a lot of us, but now it's more than 1,000 Ukrainians arrived to Cambridge. It stops those carbon emissions, which none of us want, for very little visual impact. It's such a good opportunity for anybody, whether you want to get into broadcasting full-time or not. And it's always nice when you see community radio being supported. 